Good. It looks good in here. Thank you, Pastor Joshua and, and uh, those who helped get the sanctuary done over. So excited about the new things God has us on. And uh, it's just believing that there's, there's new things to come. New things to come. You know, it's good to continue to always grow in the Lord. We don't want to stay stagnant. And we've had the, the sanctuary looking the same for 10 years. It was, it was getting a little dated. And so uh, this is just the first stage. We're going to be continuing to update uh, the look of the church. We're going to hopefully get new carpet eventually and a pallet wall and hit the foyer and downstairs in the dining hall. So we got lots of ideas. It's going to be a work in progress. But thank you for giving and helping us uh, make this, uh, the, this is the house of the Lord, and we want to make sure that we are, do our best to honor God in it and to make it look beautiful as well. Amen? When you read the Old Testament, see all the things that he put in, there was such preparation in making the tabernacle and then making the temple. I believe those little things, we might think, oh, it's just little, you know, we are the house of God, yes, but this is a local house of worship, and I think those little things... Uh, that we do to make, to beautify, if you will, the house. I think it's, I think it honors God. I think he's pleased with that. So thank you for helping us make this possible. Today we start a new Christmas series. Super excited. Do you see what I see? And uh, let's pray because I'm believing that God is going to open our eyes. Amen. God is going to open our eyes and give us eyes to see the way he sees. He's going to make vision ministries have eyes that see the way he sees. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you are the one who made man's eyes. We thank you that you are the one that makes us see. And God, I pray that we would not just see through our human perspective anymore, but God, that we would see through your eyes, that you would open our eyes to see the way that you see. In Jesus' name, amen. This, uh, this sermon series kind of comes from that song, the famous Christmas song, Do You See What I See? And that song comes from this passage in the Bible, Luke chapter 2. If you want to flip to your Bibles or if you want to follow along on the screen here, we're going to read a few verses starting in verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks all at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped and cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had, had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
But Mary treasured all these things up. She treasured up all this, these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they just had been told. My prayer this week is as, as we visit these more well-known Christmas pas- passages in the Bible, that we will have a deeper understanding, that we will have um, some insight that maybe we didn't have before. My prayer is that God would truly give us eyes to see the beauty and the wonder of this season because it, the beauty and the wonder is not in our traditions. Yes, those things are fun, and I, and I believe that it's okay to, to have some of those. But the beauty and the wonder is that God looked upon his people, upon human, and saw that we were doomed and that we needed a Savior, and he gave us Christ. The Bible says that he was the lamb that was slain from the beginning, the foundations of the earth, that even when we were just a four, even when we were just a thought in God's mind, that God knew that Jesus had to be born to redeem us, and that he loved us enough to give his only son. And so I pray today as we go through these this passage and other familiar passages that our eyes would truly be open to the wonder of who God is. And so I believe that we need a perspective change. So today we're going to talk about three ways that we can see the way God sees. Do you see what I see? Three ways to help us see through God's eyes. Number one, we need to look deeper. Can you say deeper? I love this Old Testament uh, verse here in the book of Psalms 42, 7. It says, deep cause to deep. In the war of your waterfalls, all the waves and breakers have swept over me. Deep cause to deep. This is a call for communion and connection with God. The deep calling onto deep is the deep things of God calling the deep things of man. You and I, it's part of living out the word that Jesus spoke when he said that God is spirit and those who worship me must worship in spirit and in truth. It's the deeper things of God. Sometimes we don't really see what's going on because as humans, we look at the surface and God sees the big picture and he oftentimes looks at the deeper issues. A lot of times we judge just the the fruit and the Bible says we're to judge a tree by its fruit, but oftentimes we don't realize that the sweetness of the fruit will only be what it is depending on how deep those roots go down how strong the roots are. And so today I want to encourage you, let's go deeper in the things of God. See, the the shepherds, when they heard all these things, they went and they told everybody, and that's what God wanted them to do. But Mary, she treasured it in her heart. Mary took the deep things of God and she treasured it. She held on to it. Think about it this way. We all can learn a thing from Mary, the, the, the mother of God, and that she treasured the deep things of God. Oftentimes, as soon as we hear a revelation from God, as soon as we get something, we want to share it. And that's okay when God calls us to. But sometimes we're to take what God is doing and we're to treasure it and, and hold it as it's the deep things of God. A lot of times we're looking... For, for seeing things and we're judging it just on a surface level and God wants to take us deeper. Say, I want to go deeper today. I want to go deeper today. 
Oh, amen. You had to say it twice so you could really mean it. Let's think about this. I want to give an illustration. You see some of these beautiful Christmas trees that we have around here? These are artificial Christmas trees, right? We don't have real trees. How many of you guys back in the day got a real tree? You know, you went to a place and you cut it down and you took it home and you got a real tree. I only remember that a couple times. I have a faint memory of having a real tree because I remember my mom being annoyed and having to sweep up those needles. And I think she might have been the first one in line when they came out with those artificial trees. But <laughs> if you remember, and there's some people, I have one friend who lives out in the country, and she still to this day, they, their whole family goes out and they get them, they go to the, the Christmas tree park or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm such a city slicker, right? You guys do it? We got a couple of them. And they go and they chop down their tree and they bring it home. Now, like I said, my memory is very faint, but I remember that you had to take care when you have a real Christmas tree, you have to take care of it differently than these artificial trees. You have to have a basin with water to keep the tree looking green and fresh and smelling good. And if you forget, see, that's why I need these artificial trees, because if you forget to water that tree, friends, it's going to start turning brown, the needles are going to start falling, it's, it's, it's not going to be a pretty sight. Before you know it, you will have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree in your house if you don't take care of it, right? Listen, God is calling us not to be like a Christmas tree that is chopped off at the root. God is calling us to stay rooted. The reason that tree has to be taken care of with that basin and that water and you have to make sure that you take care of that real Christmas tree is because it's chopped off from its natural source of nourishment, there's no roots in that tree. God has not called us to be like that Christmas tree. He has called us to be rooted, to be plugged into the deep things of God. And it is time, Vision Ministries, for us to be rooted in the deep things of God. Not for us to be rooted in having a personal relationship with Pastor Josh or Pastor Joy or any of the other team members here. For us to have that personal deep connection and to be rooted with the things of God. That's what God is calling us to do. See, the root system below the ground structure serves primary for two reasons. One, to anchor the tree. And two, to nourish the tree. The growth of the branches in the tree will only be as healthy as the roots are strong and deep. So it is with the Christian. Many passages in the Bible talk about the importance of a healthy root system. I'm just going to hit a couple of them. In Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith that you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Romans eleven sixteen. If the root is holy, so are the branches. I'm going to pause there. Some of y'all need to get that revelation. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and what deep is the love of Christ. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness 
of God. God wants you to receive the fullness of him. But in order to be built up, in order to grow, in order to flourish in God, we have to make sure we are rooted in him. Oftentimes, so many of us carry this orphan spirit, this abandonment issues that we don't know how to get ourselves grounded and rooted in the things of God. And because we never get ourselves grounded and rooted in the things of God, the moment a storm comes, our roots aren't deep. We're going to, we're going to fall right on over. The moment a trial comes, if our roots aren't deep in Christ, we're going to waver. Friends, it's so important to go into the deep things of God and to be rooted in him. See, Jesus says it this way. He says, when he's talking about the parable of the sower, those who don't have deep roots, he says in Matthew 13, 20 and 21, he says, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word of the Lord and at once receives it with joy can't tell you how many times I've seen that. But in verse 21, it says this. But since they have no what? No root. They last only a short moment. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they what? Quickly fall away. Friends, falling away is different than struggling. And we need to get it. We need to get it right. Falling away is different than struggling. We're going to struggle. We are, we, the Bible says there are many troubles in this world, but to take heart because he has overcome them all. We're going to have troubles. We're going to have trials. We're going to have struggle. But we, if we are rooted in the deep things of God, we will not fall away. But those who fall away is because they are not rooted in the deep things of God. Maybe they heard a message and it was good. Maybe someone came to their rescue. Maybe they, they, they heard the gospel message and, and they, they enjoyed the awesome things that go with it. But because they didn't get rooted, because they didn't accept the deep things of God, they fell away. Friends, it kind of reminds me of the illustration of roots in a winter time. Now see, Josh and I have had some issues with roots in our house. Lord have mercy. We've had some plumbing issues. Okay. The thing that we've realized is, and oftentimes this will happen, God help us this season, during the winter time. Because in the winter time, a tree is, it lays dormant, if you will, okay? It kind of like goes into hibernation. And that's why you see all the leaves fall, you know, the leaves fall. And there's, you don't, you, you can't go out in the winter time and pick an apple off an apple tree, okay? Because they, they lose, they lose the fruit. They drop that. But during that time, their roots have to go deep. And to search for nourishment. So the roots go down deeper. And what Josh and I have had in our house is our, we have a couple trees that are old trees in our house and those roots never stop growing. Even in the wintertime, they go down deep searching for nourishment. And some of them are popping up through our pipes and causing, causing some clogs to happen. You know what I'm saying? But it's something, it's a lesson to be learned that there's different seasons in our lives. And sometimes it's in that season of winter that we don't see the fruit. And we're saying, God, I've served you all these years. Where is the fruit? And he's saying, it's okay. You're not supposed to see the fruit right now. You're supposed to go deep right now, deep into the word of God, deep into your personal relationship with God. And you're supposed to abide in me during these hard times and go into the deeper places to receive the nourishment that only I can give you. 
But we're saying, but God, I want to, I want to get the nourishment out here. I want to go see from the branches and grab off of the branches, the, you know, the fruit and eat of it. And he's saying, no, it's not the season for you to eat off the branches anymore. It's not the season to eat off the low hanging fruit anymore. Right now you're in a season that you're going to go deep in me. Friends, it's time. It's time to be rooted in Christ. It's time to be rooted in him. Like the roots of a tree in the wintertime, it's time to look deeper for our nourishment. You can't survive on yesterday's revelation. You can't survive on yesterday's word. You can't keep living in the memory of the good old days. It's time to get before the Lord and look deeper into his word and deeper into his eyes. In order to stay connected to Christ and to see like God sees, we must look deeper. We got to look deeper. Say, I got to look deeper. Amen. Another perspective change that we need to have in order to see the way the Lord sees is we need to look higher. Say, look higher. And then God announced the birth of his song and suddenly there were fireworks going in the sky and Everybody was awakened and everybody all at once knew that Jesus Christ was born. Do you see that in the scriptures? No, because that didn't happen like that. Could God have made it happen like that? Sure. He created the world in seven days. He could have made it happen like that. He could have brought out internet real early and made it happen real quick, fast. They could have been in their tents and all of a sudden there's a flat screen TV sitting right directly Come, how many of you guys would like that? Right down from heaven. And fireworks outside. And all of a sudden on the screen, they got the news anchors and they're there in the end and they're saying, and Jesus wrapped in cloth, laying in a manger, the son of God, Emmanuel, God is with us. But instead, friends, he chose to go tell some shepherds Anonymous shepherds, their names didn't even get in the Bible. They were just called shepherds of Bethlehem. Friends, sometimes God works in mysterious ways. Sometimes he chooses to announce what's going on to a bunch of anonymous shepherds. Sometimes he causes those that no one else would think of to look higher and see in the sky angels and God moving and that bright Bethlehem star, friends. Sometimes God chooses the unlikely to do amazing things. But he's choosing those who are looking, who are looking higher to look to him. See, the shepherds, they were terrified when, when the angel appeared to them. They, the Bible says they were terrified. They were afraid. And the angels had to say, hold on, I got good news for you. I, I start to wonder, why were they terrified when they saw angels? I mean, how awesome would that be? But instead, they were terrified. Maybe when they saw the angels, they start thinking, oh, man, I'm about to die. <laughs> this is judgment day. You know, maybe they start thinking of all their own inadequacies. Maybe they start thinking of all their own insecurities. So, friends, I think that this is a true thing because a lot of times when we get close to God and he's trying to speak to us, we back up because we're like, oh, I, I'm unworthy. I'm insecure. God can't possibly be speaking to me right now. God can't possibly want to use me right now. But friends, God 
spoke to the shepherds regardless through the angels and said, I have good news for you. The shepherds had to choose to look higher and to look to God. They had to choose to not look at their own inadequacies, the fears, and their insecurities. God sees the big picture when we only see in parts. We only see here and now. When we choose to look higher, we are choosing to look through God's viewpoint. How many of you want to see things through God's viewpoint and not your own? I want to see through God's viewpoint. See, this is what the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours. And my thoughts than your thoughts. The enemy attacks our mind through our thought life. Because if our thought life gets skewed, then we're then we, the way we see things are also misconstrued. I just had this conversation with one of my children. They were, they, I, I was talking to them about some things that they were going through. And they said, I said, listen, you need to conquer what's going on right here in your mind. And they were speaking to me and they said, no, do you mean I need to get it right, right here? And they went like this to their heart. I said, no, I said, no, honey. I said, cause oftentimes our heart can be right, but because we haven't Focus on taking every thought captive in our minds, we can still go astray. You need to focus on your mind right now and take those thoughts captive. And friends, a lot of times we can't see the way that God sees because we have not conquered those battles going on in our minds. And it's time to learn to take every thought captive. When we constantly have on replay the lies of the enemy, and that's what we're listening to, friends, we've got to learn to take those thoughts captive. So that we can see higher, so we can see God's ways, because his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. During this Christmas season, a lot of times there's that Christmas stress that comes on us. It could be through all kinds of different ways. Talk to Pastor Dawn, and she told me, oh, yeah, I got nine Christmas parties. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Nine Christmas parties in one month. That is a lot to go to. And then I start thinking about all of our, our parties and Christmas parties that we have, and then the concerts for each kid that we have, and all these different things. And sometimes it just gets where you just want to be like, bah, humbug. Just me? Come on. Sometimes you just want to say, forget this mess. It's too much. I'm stressed out. And then you go on Facebook and you see all the perfect families. Oh, look at my daughter. She has a solo. And look at my son. He's playing the violin. And you're just like, bah, humbug. My son didn't even have the right shirt on. (laughs) Right? Sometimes you just get stressed out over Christmas time. And it's easy to have that green eye monster attack. Oh, so-and-so got blessed. And -and so-and-so got blessed. Where's my blessing at? I'm looking for my blessing. Well, that's our problem. We're looking for our blessing instead of looking higher to God. Right? And we get attacked with that that green eye monster. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight wheel. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on the things above, not earthly things. Friends, we need to look up. Say, look up. 
It's time to look higher during this Christmas season and not allow ourselves to get stressed over everything, every party, every Christmas deal that we need to get, all the presents and all these things that we're trying to make it into and for us to look higher. Remember, the reason for the season is Jesus. We need to remember that it's about God, it's about his love for us. We need to look higher. We need to have his perspective on things. Another perspective change that we need to have, not only do we need to look deeper and make sure that we're abiding in Christ, not only do we need to look higher and get our eyes on God and not our problems, not on the situations going around, but we need to look beyond. Say, look beyond. God always looks beyond the surface. At the birth of his son, he chose the lowest of workers, the shepherds in the village, and invited them to the party first. See, he if, if, if this was... Today, a lot of times, and Jesus came right now, the shepherds would have been the one to make the party list, okay? They were kind of, a lot, they were outside of the city. People didn't like to be around them. They were stinky. <laughs> a lot of times they didn't own anything besides their staff. But yet, God chose the lowest of profession. God cho- chooses the lowly things. He says that if we would humble ourselves, he will lift us up. But if we're all puffed up, man, he's going to lower us down, friends. We got to look beyond what we see with our physical eyes. God doesn't look at things the way we do. He just doesn't. We need to look beyond circumstances and look beyond what our physical eyes can see. And we need to see the way God sees. And this is not always easy. Even prophets of old got this messed up. Think about Samuel. God called Samuel to anoint the the first two kings of Israel. He went and he anointed Saul. And Saul was, the Bible said, a head taller than everybody else. He kind of looked what we would think a king would look like. He was buff. He was tall. He, he had the look of a king. And yet he messed up so bad that God ended up rejecting him. And so God came to Samuel again and said, I'm calling you to go to Jesse's house and anoint one of his sons as king. So Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he's, he, and the, and the brothers uh, are the sons of Jesse line up. And Samuel thinks it must be this one. And this is what the Bible says. I want to read this scripture to you in 1 Samuel 16, 6 and 7. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Friends, are we so blind that we do not have right perspective because we just look at the outward appearance? This is a, as, as we were preparing for this series, one of my spiritual daughters who knew that we were going to be preaching on, do you see what I see, sent me this email and I want to read it to you because I believe it's prophetic. It says, while praying on my way to work, I had a few thoughts about the sermon series based off of, do you see what I see? When we look at people, we as Christians get stuck at times and tend to see people at face face value. We see their complaints, their bitterness, their ugliness, their hurtful words, their judgment attitudes. And in turn, we judge them. Instead of seeing past that leer, we see with our flesh and not how God sees them. Our flesh may see them as bitter and grumpy, selfish old men, while God sees them as his lost wandering child who can't get past the hurt, but he still loves them just as much as he loves us. 
Who are we to not demonstrate acts of love towards them? How we choose to see a person can't impact how we respond to a person. Then how we respond to a person as a Christian can impact how that person sees God's love. And if that person gets a glimpse of God's love rather than a cold shoulder that they are used to, well, then that can shift the whole perspective on life. It's like a chain reaction. When this person emailed me, I had already had a point and outline of this sermon laid out with this third point looking beyond. And I thought, this is prophetic. How often do we look at a person and we judge them with our flesh instead of seeing beyond their outward circumstances and seeing their heart the way God does? And we can only see a person for who they really are if we look through God's eyes. And we can only look through God's eyes if we get deep into the things of God. And we can only be able to see out and see, see high if, if we choose to look up instead of looking at our own circumstances, friends. And we can only look beyond when we look up. It really is a chain reaction. We need God to see people the way God sees people. We cannot. It's impossible to see a person's heart without looking through God's eyes. Oftentimes, we can't see God working because, well, we're too busy staring at our problems or staring at someone else's problems, and we need a perspective shift. Too often, we're just, we're staring at the problems. Oh, how can God be working in that marriage? All they do is fight because you're staring at the problems. How can God be working in my child? All they are is rebellious because you're looking at the problems. How can God be working at my job? My boss never sees me because you're looking at the issues. You're looking at people and not looking through God's eyes, friends. Oftentimes, we can't see God working because we're too busy staring at our problems. And we need a perspective shift. Say perspective shift. The way we view our problem oftentimes is the problem. It's easy to look at the wrong things. As Christians, we need to train our eyes to look beyond the physical, train our eyes to see in the spiritual. That is what a prophetic person does. They see in the spiritual. <laughs> easy to miss it, though. Look at the religious leaders of Jesus' day. They missed it. You know, they, they were called the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious teachers, and they supposedly were looking for the Messiah looking for the anointed one. And yet when the Messiah came in the flesh, they completely missed it. The Bible says that the Pharisees had eyes to see and yet they were blind. The Bible says in Matthew 23, 25 and 26, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees and you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and dish and then outside also will be clean. The Pharisees were unrighteous hypocrites because they were blind, friends. Their eyes were not open. The Bible speaks that we are to be the light to the world. That means we're to help other people see Jesus. What's a light do? When you walk, yeah, it shines. When you walk into a, a dark room or a dark, have you ever lost, you know, the electric went out in your house and you had to get that old flashlight with a battery, right? And you turn it on, it lights the way so you can see. That's what we are supposed to be in a dark world. This world is dark and it's only getting darker. And we're to be the flashlights in God's hand, pointing 
to Jesus, pointing to God, pointing beyond your problems, beyond your circumstances, and seeing God in it all. Do you see what I see? That's what the Lord is asking to you today. Do you see what I see? Would you stand to your feet with me, friends? God is calling us deeper. God is calling us higher. And God is calling us beyond our circumstances. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment? Just focus on the things of God. Just focus on him. If you know you need a perspective shift in your life, maybe there's someone in your life that God has called you to love and you cannot see past the flesh in that person. And your flesh won't let you. you just, you're just fed up with their bitterness and grumpiness. And just like that email that was sent to me, there's maybe someone in your life that you know God is calling you to love, but you're having a hard time doing it. Would you raise your hand today? Yeah. God wants you to see them through his eyes. Maybe you're having a hard time today seeing yourself the way God sees you and the way that God views you. You just can't believe that God will use you. All you see is your failures and your inadequacies. All you see is your insecurities and your low self-esteem. And you need a perspective shift. You need to see the way God sees you. And that means you need to go deeper with him. If that's you today and you feel like you need to go deeper with the Lord, would you raise your hand before him? It's time to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. Yeah. If that's you, would you, would you guys go ahead and come on up here to the front? We want to pray for you. If you raised your hand today, come on up to the front. We want to pray for you. We believe God has a breakthrough anointing for you today. I also believe there's some people in here today that God's calling them to go higher. And that means you got to start taking your thought life captive. If you've been struggling in your thought life, friends, come on up. Ask the Lord to just help you with that. The Lord wants to help you. He wants to give you breakthrough. I'm going to ask our prayer team, would you come up and just stand behind people, please? We're going to lead in, in this worship song. And we're going to just give a moment before we, I know we have things to do, but before you exit, just give a moment. Be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing up here. And I, I want to speak a prayer over everybody. If you would just raise your hands before the Lord as well. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for your people. God, help them have eyes to see the way you see. God, let them see through your eyes, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would teach people, Lord God, to, to go deeper into you, that they would be rooted and grounded in you. God, that you would help people um, have, that their thoughts would be like your thoughts, that you would help them take captive every thought, that you would help people see beyond the physical, beyond the circumstances, and that you're still working. You work together for the good of those who love you and call it according to your purpose.